Hello, world. I'm Greg Patton. Stand by for a special edition of Hello, World. Well, this week, today, we start at WHCB 91.5 in Bristol, Kingsport, Johnson City, Tennessee for the Spring share Boy, Christian Radio needs you, my friend. Yes, indeed. And uh, if you're listening to WMIK right now here in Middlesboro, Kentucky, it's so important for you to pray for the station and give. And uh, if you're an advertiser, advertise on the station. We're here to help one another. It's the way it's supposed to work anyway. More and more, I realized how important Christian radio is. I was visiting in the nursing home yesterday and was talking to a couple of ladies, and they've been listening to our new program just started on WFCV AM 1090 right here in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and they were questioning something I said about David. Well, they had to really be listening. I'm serious. How important is it? These gals never get to go to church. They will probably end up in this place the rest of their natural-born days before they graduate to glory. They were just saying how important it is to hear the program. My friend, that is what Christian radio is all about. It doesn't replace the local church, doesn't attempt to, just adds to your walk with Jesus Christ. So many things heard here, great speakers, local and international. It is fantastic. Talking about Christian radio, where you can herald Christ's blessing 24-7. Do you support Christian radio? Do you pray for it? Both of those things are vitally important. They're counting on you in this area, my friend. Support Christian radio. It's a really big deal. Boy, Paul knew what the message was all about. Don't you quit. Don't you ever quit. Boy, Paul went through it, didn't he? Uh, there was the taste of blood mingled with a little street dirt and a lot of grit. That's what saturated Paul's senses. This time he'd been beaten very badly. You've heard about it in the scripture if you've been in church any time at all. It seemed as though every muscle in his body was locked into some sort of a painful spasm. He quickly surmised that his jaw might be broken. The stones thrown by Jewish supporters had reached their mark. The Apostle Paul was in big trouble, according to Acts chapter 14. He couldn't imagine how he looked to Barnabas and those who surrounded him and were trying to move him to a safe place. The horror of their faces spoke much more about what their lips could not utter. He had been stoned there, and he was left to die. Thoughts of giving up, I'm sure it tempted him. But if so, it was only briefly. Even though he existed in between a conscious and an unconscious state, Paul knew that yielding to such thoughts would mean defeat. That's something you and I need to recognize. He must not, he cannot give up. As long as his lungs could draw breath, he must continue for the sake of Jesus Christ and the gospel, and most of all, for the glory of Christ, his Savior. Later he would write, let no one cause trouble for me, for I bear on my body the brand marks of Jesus Christ. That's Galatians 6.17. Does persistence pay off, do you think? The Apostle Paul believed it did. When it came to persistence, there was no question about it. Paul had exactly what it took. After his stoning in Lystra, Scripture tells us that he got up and entered the city. The next day he went away with Barnabas to Derbe. That's Acts chapter 14, verse 20. 
What is not emphasized fully is that Paul re-entered the city of Lystra. That's the very place he had just been stoned and nearly killed. What on earth was this guy thinking? He was persistent. Yes, he was. God had given him a job to do, and he was going to get that job done. He was not going to quit. He was not going to give up. Keyword, persistence. When we encounter difficulty and hardship in life, and you may be right in the middle of it right now, human desire alone rarely is enough to prevent you from being discouraged, getting depressed. There must be something more deep within inside of us that sustains and encourages us past the thought of fear and failure. For the Christian, this sustaining force is the Lord Jesus Christ. Without Jesus Christ directing and strengthening you, we would quickly fall to temptation, would we not, and entertain those thoughts of abandoning all of these goals? But a God-directed persistence keeps our minds focused even in times of difficulty and, and great heartache. No one enjoys failure. I certainly don't. Or disappointment, do you? Paul didn't enjoy the public humiliation he experienced in front of all those who were following him. Wouldn't that be tough? I've done some dumb things. All of us have. It's embarrassing. This was worse. He viewed this horrendous deed and others like it as an opportunity. Aren't any problems, just opportunities. An opportunity to identify with Jesus. Paul knew that when Jesus was faced with the horror of the cross, he did not quit. He did not give up. Persistence ruled. So neither could he. Paul said, I can't do it. The value we place on our goals will determine the strength of our persistence. One of the basic steps to gaining and maintaining a clear sense of persistence is learning how to stay motivated. You know how to do that? Motivation, it creates the right atmosphere to help us reach our goals. It also provides the hope that we need to stay focused no matter how difficult life becomes and it can really get tough sometimes, can it? Paul's life was motivated by the memory of his Damascus Road experience. It was there that he met the risen Savior and was commissioned by Christ for service in God's kingdom. The impact, the impact of this one event changed Paul's life forever. When we encounter God, our lives are eternally altered. We become more sensitive to his desires and plans for our lives, or, or we should. In times of communion with Him, we develop a deep need to know Him and experience His intimacy personally. In the 42nd Psalm there in verse 1, David wrote, As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. Are you hungry to know God today? Is there a passion for Him deep within your heart, like David? Paul was passionate for Christ, and this abiding love motivated him when difficulties came about. And it was his abiding love for Jesus that kept him firmly on the right course. Each of us going to face times of defeat and failure? Count on it. How we handle those times is crucial to our spiritual growth and development. If you're easily discouraged when adversity comes, you're going to want to run away rather than stay and work through the problem. You got to recognize that even in times of human failure, God has a master plan, and a part of that plan includes witnessing His love and the forgiveness to others. God may allow you to face heartache if it brings you closer to Himself. He also may not prevent all of our suffering, especially if He knows this is going to sharpen our faith and cause us to rely on Him all the more. Nor will He remove every point of distress when He knows that to do so 
would drain away the sweetness of our fellowship with Him. Adversity, it's going to come, and it submits your heart to Almighty God. This is the reason people can reach their goals when adversity grows so very, very intense. How are you doing in this area? Are you considered a never-quit person, and persistence is your middle name? Often successful people that you know about, heard about history makers, are people who have faced defeat, but they refuse to give up. They refuse to give in. And as we think about our success from the perspective of Almighty God, we've got to realize that there's going to be times when we experience disappointment in life and even failure. And as I shared earlier, however, this does not mean that you are defeated. As you reach to seek those goals, realize that failure does not mean quitting. Realize in every failure, God plants a seed of success for you. Realize that wisdom from failure comes. Then you bury the memory. And then never blame others for your lack of success. How do you become successful? Set those goals according to the plan of Almighty God. Do you know your Bible? Are you in touch with the Holy Spirit? Keep your spiritual focus set on God believing you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Philippians 4.19. I love this. Just join us. You're listening to a special edition of Hello World. Normally, news, information, and comment coming your way Monday through Friday at this time. We're in Tennessee, Tri-City, Tennessee, doing a fall fundraiser, raising some funds for the Christian radio station down there. So continue to pray for us if you would. And I haven't seen your name yet on our Facebook page, Greg, G-R-E-G, Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. I'm loving it. More and more people from several states in this area are joining us on Facebook. We share things back and forth. We pray for one another. And uh, certainly you can glean a great deal about what's happening in today's world being a part of our Facebook page. So one more time, that's Greg, G-R-E-G, Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. Pray for us, and we're grateful to those of you that support us most on a regular monthly basis. It is such a big deal. Finances are tight everywhere today. It takes a great deal of time and finance to bring you this program Monday through Friday. And now we have a new weekend edition, many stations picking up on the half-hour weekend edition of Hello World. We just want to say thank you for being a part of Greg Patton Ministries, the Cross Church in Fort Wayne, Indiana and the Hello World radio program. I was kind of surprised recently talking to a number of our folks, single folks in our church, that uh, feel really lonely. You lonely today? You need some comfort, I think, sometime or another. We all get a bit lonely uh, as a father of six and umpteen grandchildren, and most of them seem to be here at our place. Uh, I don't get too lonely but you need to understand that God's care for you extends even to the smallest details of your life. God knows when you hurt, and he longs to offer you comfort, according to Isaiah forty-nine thirteen, The Lord's compassion is personal and continuous and always available. We receive that comfort through the Holy Spirit of God who lives in you. There's no situation or time when he's inaccessible to you. We can be consoled and reassured at any moment, day or night, 24-7. Consider how the compassion of God was demonstrated through Jesus' life. He interacted with the untouchables, people whose bodies were infected with contagious diseases. Luke 17, no sickness of ours will prevent him from caring for us. 
When Jesus saw people with medical conditions in compassion, he not only healed them physically, but gave them even greater comfort, new life through forgiveness of sin. And while our infirmities may remain, the Lord lovingly strengthens us to persevere in life. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. You there today? God's comfort and care is adequate for anything, and I mean anything you might face. Poor health, insufficient finances, family trouble. Go to the author and the finisher of your faith, the Lord Jesus Christ. Question. What is transgenderism? It's like somebody said, hey, I am a female trapped in a male body. Uh, well, hey, I am Donald Trump uh, trapped in a Greg Patton body. Come on now. Uh, it's, it's the mind. That's it. Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Yeah, this is, this is really wrong. Marty Simpson has a real problem here. It's in the mind. Don't let the devil and his demons play that game. They are experts at what they're doing. They know you better than anyone. You keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of your faith who will see you through anything. And it'll certainly, oh, miracles? I've seen so many in the 44 years I've been saved. They are real. Preachers falling, I know a bunch of them. We're just human beings. We all are. The world, the flesh, the devil, all after you. But God gives you so many promises to claim that are real. You cannot lose today, my friend. Even when you're failing, you cannot lose. This is really sad. Somebody well-known. I don't know this guy, but I guess he's pretty well-known. And uh, I knew a Baptist preacher, a fundamental KJV Baptist preacher that threw it all out. And to this day is a Catholic priest saying really that his, well, that's another story for another time. You just keep your eyes on the Lord, my friend. This thing will work. Don't buy into this nonsense. Let's take a break. When I come back, one of the most important messages you're going to hear. I don't want you to miss what's going on in the world today and my thoughts on that. Call a friend. Tell him to listen up in the next minute. Well, I told my Sharon yesterday, let's get the bags packed. It's about time to roll down I-75 and head for Tri-Cities, Tennessee. Fall fundraiser, 91.5, coming up there the September 4th, 5th, and 6th. Oh, yes. Look at the calendar. That's today. We're down there. I love the team at WHCB 91.5, but hey, we love the team right here at WMIK. Yeah. Middlesboro, Kentucky, where you can hear the good news of Jesus Christ 24-7, and local Bible teachers and music. And uh, every time I tune into the program just to check it out here on WMIK, I hear my old buddy, Lester Roloff. Boy, wasn't he a trip. I always enjoyed listening to him in person, and now we can do it on tape every day right here on WMIK. It's so vitally important that you uh, help Christian Radio. Have you prayed for WMIK? Have you given? Why not contact them today about advertising or just giving to keep Christian Radio on the air in the Middlesboro area? Question, why are so many people so adamantly conservative today? Why do we want to go back to the way it used to be? Why are you where you are today? 
This is a crazy, mixed-up world. I do not understand what's happening in the United States of America. I know I'm playing and beating on that same drum that I have done now for months and months and months, and I'm not going to let up. It's unbelievable what's happening to this country. It really is. Do not understand it. And I've always felt kind of good about being on target in so many areas and, and up to date with things, working in radio news and television news and all of that. Sure, but it is so confusing. I'm telling you, the homosexual agenda is just being pushed about anything you want to see from television programs to commercials. There they are. Two girls together. Two guys together. What in the world is going on? Let me ask you today, do you know where you stand? What are we talking about? Woodrow Wilson once said, A nation which does not remember what it was yesterday does not know what it is today nor what it is trying to do. Who was America yesterday? Abraham Lincoln believed that those nations only are blessed whose God is the Lord. That's Bible. In 1811, our Supreme Court stated, Whatever strikes at the root of Christianity tends to destroy civil government. That same body later concluded, Our laws and our institutions must necessarily be based on and include the teachings of the Redeemer. Now, when you think of all the nonsense going on today, let me pause here. Who is the author of confusion? Uh huh. As a Christian, you're being targeted. You are wrong. We've got to include the teachings of God. We've traveled a long way since then, and our past has been essentially forgotten, unfortunately. But it's no accident that we are where we are today. We do not merely drift to this place of moral confusion. You don't just kind of slip and fall into the... No, no. We have been led here by indifference, by those that hate God, by the cowardice of Christians in the face of evil today. In truth, until the dawn of the 20th century, America collectively believed that she was founded upon Christian principles. Sure we did. That's been stolen from us, or maybe we've just given it away. But the 1900s brought an onslaught against our faith that has shaken this country's foundation to the core to this very year. In 1920, John Dewey, the father of progressive education, declared, There is no God and there is no soul. There's no absolute moral code existing today, and therefore man must adjust his ethical standards according to his own judgment. His words eerily echo those written earlier by people living in the darkest ages of Israel's history. Read Judges chapter 7. Hey, here, look at verse 6. In those days, there was no king in Israel, and every man—we've arrived here again—every man did what was right in his own eyes. Isn't that shocking? Back then, the year I was born, in 1947, Justice Hugo Black erroneously interpreted Thomas Jefferson's letter assuring the Danbury Baptist Association that government would not institute a state religion. And this kind of created a wall of separation between church and state that has purged Christianity from virtually all civil influence in the world today, and that's a big problem. Ignore God and his word to your own demise. Isn't that correct, Christian? In 1962, the Supreme Court removed prayer and scripture from the public schools, stating that Bible reading in schools could cause 
oh, psychological damage to the students. And next, the Ten Commandments were stripped from the public square. We've watched this debate go on for the last couple of decades and see it removed from here and there and everywhere. America's greatest enemy does not lie outside of our borders. In the past and even today, when I preach my media messages, that is the clue right there. It's not from without the enemy comes, it's from within. We are destroyed from within. Our complacency is destroying the United States of America. It is tempting when confronted by a formidable and determined foe, and there are many, to retreat from battle. I'm just tired of it. I'm going to quit. After all, what difference can one person make in the world today? For too long, God's people have not cared about our spiritual legacy. As Christians, we have a definite responsibility to reclaim our heritage and reestablish the foundations God ordained. We are commanded to be the salt and the light. Yep, he commands that for each one of us. How you doing? My friend, you know that freedom in Jesus Christ is a choice, and often we have old feelings of inadequacy and inferiority that we unwittingly carry over into our new relationship with God. He wants to cut us loose from the bondage created by a sense that we do not deserve any blessings today. However, we must choose freedom. Just as we chose to receive Jesus Christ, we cannot drift like that word, we cannot drift into freedom any more than we can drift into salvation or drift into evil, as we just talked about. The choice to be liberated from satanic enslavement begins a process that changes our way of thinking. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Make no mistake, embracing freedom will incur great pressure from Satan. Though he cannot steal our salvation, he certainly wants to ruin your witness by crystallizing any feelings of inadequacy in you. The first step after committing to freedom is abiding in the scriptures. We meditate on God's word to understand what he says and apply what we learn. That requires more than a quick reading and a busy schedule and a busy day. And secondly, we want to be confident of biblical truth, which clearly defines our position as a child of God. As that certainty fills your thoughts, your mind, your soul, Satan's lies there about your inferiority is going to shatter like a piece of glass. And finally, we can claim the truth that we have gleaned here. When we are confronted by situations that shake our confidence, we can rely upon new thought patterns based upon the Word of God. God declares that we reject thoughts of inferiority and replace them with the accurate self-image described in the Scripture. As his servant, as his ambassador, go for it. That's knowing the truth and choosing to live by it. You know, only God knows the depth of love that you have for him. He said of King David, he is a man after my own heart. Isn't that some declaration? Acts thirteen twenty-two. Yet we know that David was a man of war. He lied. He had a man murdered and on at least one occasion committed adultery. How could God love such a man? Have you ever thought about it? I have many times. Better yet, how could God allow this man to rule over a nation like Israel? The answer is wrapped up in just one word, and we need to hear it more. It's called grace. Not ordinary grace, but God's grace, which is something we cannot earn on our personal merits. And despite his failures, David had a passionate love for the Lord. He could not help but love the one who gave him life and offered forgiveness for his sin. Though he failed many times, the desire of his heart was to love and obey God. 
and it was this love that both propelled King David to greatness and allowed him to petition his heavenly father when he was utterly undeserving. Great message, right? I pray that you not only read the Word of God, but you apply it to your lives. More information, gregpatton.com. That's gregpatton.com. Join me on Facebook, Greg Jerry G. Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. And that's the way it is for a Wednesday. So glad that you were here today. God bless. Enjoy the remainder of your day, my friend.